You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. And today's episode, some of y'all might be a little salty about this, but nevertheless, it's very important that we talk about those who like to pass the salts. Because now, no time better than any other time, right? It's time to pass on the salt. And the reason that we're having this conversation is because the one, it's it's always been an important conversation that we should always have, but there's some new, there's a reason why we're having it even more so today. Okay. And that's because the Food and Drug Administration has set out some new guidelines and they are asking food manufacturers and restaurants to cut the salt in their products over the coming two and a half years. And reasons for doing so is in hopes to reduce Americans' overall sodium intake by 12%. So current FDA dietary guidelines recommend that adults consume no more, no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day. And FYI, we're going to use the word sodium and salt interchangeably, just so y'all know. Okay. And so that 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day is about equivalent to about one teaspoon of table salt. Now I know, I already know, I can hear y'all. I can hear, I can hear it through your, like you're thinking it, but I can hear it. You're saying, well, Nurse Alice, I don't add table salt to my food. There's no way I must be doing so good that I'm well below that. I'd like to think so. And I hope so. Right. But there is a lot of hidden salt in our food. Okay. Some people cook our food with salt. There are other forms of salt. And so while you may not add table salt to it, your food might already be coming with a whole bunch of sodium, just so you know. Okay. And we're going to get into some examples of that because I bet some of y'all didn't know that one pit stop to your favorite fast food restaurant. Remember, FDA recommendations no more than 2,300. Some of those meals at those fast food places can range, can range, right? Anywhere from 900 milligrams to 3,700 milligrams in one visit. So you might be thinking, well, I don't have table salt. I'm good over here. And then go to your favorite fast food restaurant and boom, exceed the recommendations. Okay. Again, FDA recommendations no more than 2,300. But the average person in the United States consumes about 3,400 milligrams of sodium a day. See, that's all them fast food stops y'all making, buying the processed foods. And I'm not just saying y'all because I've done it. Listen, I'm going to throw myself right in the group with everybody else because I'm human. There are days where I don't like to cook. I have kids that like to go to fast food restaurants. And so we're all in this. This is information for everyone, not just healthcare providers to tell the public and the patient, because I'm not just talking at y'all, I'm talking with y'all, because I'm in this too. Okay, so average person consumes 3,400 milligrams of sodium a day. And get this, as I kind of alluded to before, the majority of that comes from processed foods, not table salts. Okay, I don't even have a salt shaker in my house. So if I just looked at the salt shaker, I'm like, oh, I'm good. But I know, I know that some of these foods that we're buying aren't always the best. Now I know some of them, they taste so good, right? They help release feel-good hormones in our bodies. So we want to eat more, right? And let me just go ahead and call out Lay's potato chips. Listen, I love me some Lay's potato chips, but those chips are actually 
engineered and designed so you can't have just one. That's true. So when their logo says you can't have just one, that's facts. They took it to the science. They took it to the lab. And there is a, so much sodium in there. But it, those foods are kind of designed to make you want more. They release the feel-good hormones in your body. And then you want to feel good. So you're going to go for more. You're going to reach for more. But I digress. And, then that, and that's just one, sam- one example of foods. But the bottom line is we're eating more than the FDA recommended sodium per day. And might I add, let me go ahead and add this layer to it. If you're someone who already has heart disease or high blood pressure, the recommendations for you, according to the American Heart Association, are 1,500 milligrams of salt. So it's even less, okay? And that conversation is what I generally have. As you guys may know, I'm a cardiac clinical nurse specialist. Let me just rewind a little bit, go back in the time. The reason why I became a nurse is because I was inspired as I was helping to take care of my dad. I'm the eldest, right? And Although my dad, retired military man, had access to insurance, we know back in the days there wasn't, still isn't, let's be honest, always quality access health care in communities of color. He didn't always get the treatment that he probably should have, didn't have access to that quality education, community outreach that we do nowadays, right? We have more of that nowadays. But anyways, my dad had heart disease, died of a massive heart attack. And because of the gaps in care that I've witnessed and that I heard and that I suspected, I set out to be the best cardiac nurse in the world. So yes, I am a cardiac clinical nurse specialist, specialized in cardiology. Ask me anything and everything about the heart. I swear I know it and I, I'm going to pop my collar. And I, you know, I know a lot of things, y'all. I know a lot of things. And that's what makes me America's favorite nurse because I know these things and I know how to talk to people in a way where I can empower them without wagging my finger. But anyways, back to salt. We're eating too much salt, y'all. We just eating way, way too much salt. So, you know, the FDA has stepped in. They're making these guidelines. They're going to put some pressure. Apply apply pressure, please. I want this pressure. I love this pressure. I want all the smoke. Because as healthcare professionals, I can talk to people about what they should and should not eat. However, at the end of the day, it's going to go back to what they have access to. And if they only have access to foods that are high in sodium, that's going that's what they're going to have to eat. So. We're in this together. We need the healthcare community. We need the food manufacturing community and we need the restaurant community to work together so we can create the symbiotic relationship so we can together work towards reducing heart disease. Okay. So the foods that are, you know, they're going to be talking about reducing sodium and some of our favorite, favorite foods and foods that we eat often. Now, Listen, we know about the potato chips, the French fries, some of the condiments and things like that, but there's salt in other foods that we are not suspecting. I mean, everything from your bread to baby food. Okay. Now, some of y'all may be saying, well, Nurse Alice, we need salt in some of our foods to preserve them. That's how they preserve the food. I get it. We need a little bit of salt and not just to preserve our foods, right? But because we know that our body does need a certain amount of salt. Salt is important for fluid and electrolyte balance. It's also important for our nerves and our muscles. Yes, so we need some salt. But what happens is we overdo it. You do the most, okay? So so you don't do the most. We need everybody to hold hands in Kumbaya and get it together so we can all live heart-healthy lives, okay? So I think this is a, a, a good step for the FDA. I'm glad that even though we are way beyond consuming 
we are consuming way more than we should be. The FDA is taking steps to help make ensure that we have access to foods that aren't going to continue to throw us over the edge. Okay, guys. According to the acting FDA commissioner, Dr. Janet Woodcock, she said one of the reasons for this is to slash the rates of heart disease, which is a country's number one killer. And this is important. The reason why salt contributes to heart disease is if we consume too much salt, our body holds on to fluids. If our body holds on to fluids, that can cause high blood pressure. It causes our heart to have to work harder. It causes inflammation in our bodies. It can decrease the perfusion of blood to other organs. So it causes heart disease, yes, but it can also lead to other issues. And let me just even talk about high blood pressure. High blood pressure can put you at risk for a heart attack, heart failure, a stroke, kidney disease, kidney stones, and even, you know, some of this increased sodium intake can even cause you to have osteoporosis. So a lot of our chronic illnesses. Now, I want you to live a long life, but I also want you to live a long, healthy life that's, you know, a quality of life. I don't want you to have to be taking, you know, so many blood pressure medications every day. I don't want you to be having to constantly go to the heart or kidney doctor or be on dialysis or, you know, develop osteoporosis where you take a step and you break a leg. Like, I want you to have a quality of life. And I think you know, you're like, oh, this is a stretch. I thought we were talking about salt. She talking about breaking bones when I walk. Yes, because we are what we eat, guys. We, literally, we are legit. Now, I know it seems like a long stretch from she was just talking about table salt to all of these chronic illnesses, but these foods over a period of time makes this impact. And so we can tackle this now while we're younger. Hopefully we can offset some of those chronic illnesses and you don't have to experience those things. And that's my job as a healthcare provider to bring you information to talk to you about the pros, the cons, the whys, answer your questions, demystify anything you may be thinking that is untrue, and empower you to really make the decisions you need to make healthier choices. So, I mean, let's get into it, right? So one of the reasons why I'm also talking about this today is because some of us don't really know what 2,300 milligrams of salt really looks like, right? We talked about it's a teaspoon of salt. Well, if you don't have a salt shaker, that, you know, that's great but you could still be in trouble. So let's talk about where these salts are and how we're being bamboozled. Because quite honestly, 65 to 75% of the food that we eat or the sodium that we get from that is from processed food. So anything that is in a box, something that you just buy from the store and you pop in the oven, that you buy from a convenience store or that you buy from the fast food places that we're getting about 65 to 75% of our sodium from those places. Now, listen, I'm not innocent here. Okay. I have definitely purchased some hot dogs and chips from the local convenience store as I was on my way somewhere. I've bought fast food. I'm on a busy day. I like to just buy the family lasagna in the frozen section and pop it in the oven because I ain't finna cook that day. So I just want you to know, I want to I want you to feel comfortable with acknowledging this and accepting that this is our truth. We do this, okay? Nobody is above ground when it comes to this. We've all been, we've all done this, okay? I just I say that to say, so you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I don't do that. Listen, I know you do, stop playing. So let's talk about those things, hidden salts. So where do, where do you find hidden salt? What are some of the foods that you eat that you may not realize have salt in them? How about bread? I like a, a toasted bread with some butter on it, right? I like garlic bread. I like some of those 
you know, Pillsbury rolls that you pop in the oven. They so taste so buttery and so yummy when you take them out and they're nice and warm, right? Okay, anywhere from 70 to 200 milligrams of sodium in each of those bad boys, right? Uh, sports drinks. Listen, I'm trying to go to the gym, trying to do my thing. Sometimes I try to, I grab a Gatorade. Listen, from a small Gatorade, the little, I don't know how many, eight ounces, that can have a 160 milligrams of sodium to a 12 ounce can have up to 300 milligrams of sodium in it. Let's also talk about soups, chicken noodle soup, other kinds of soup, cream of whatever soups, lots of salt in those, sauces and salad dressings. Now you may be like, well, I don't use a lot of that. I just use a little bit here and there. Well, listen, a little here and there is a little here and there of sodium. And it's just good to know the sodium content of those things because listen, I'm not saying that completely cut it out of your diet. That would be ridiculous. That would be irrational. You wouldn't be able to do that, right? But baby steps. So maybe instead of three packets of ketchup on your French fries, maybe you only use one or one and a half or maybe two, right? Just decreasing it somewhat a bit. And speaking of ketchup, did you know a packet of ketchup is about 100 milligrams of sodium each one? So if you're adding three of those to your French fries, you just add 300 milligrams of salt to what you're eating. And for those of you who, who do add salt, let's say you go to a fast food restaurant, you know the little packets of salt they give you? 300 milligrams of sodium in one of those. Soy sauce. I love some soy sauce. One tablespoon of soy sauce has a thousand milligrams. Okay. Now I know some of you are going to buy, well, I buy the low sodium soy sauce. Well, good for you. I'm glad. Okay. But most of us don't because it's more expensive. See, see, see how that happens, how that works. Gosh. And some people don't like to spend that extra money on the low sodium foods and we see how it impacts our health. So that we, that's why we see so many health disparities in people of lower income homes because they can't afford the, the foods that are healthier. But yes, and then also you might say, well, I don't add soy sauce to my food. Well, do you eat fried rice? Because fried rice is cooked with sodium. It's cooked with, and I said sodium, but it's cooked with soy sauce. So you may not be adding it to your food, but it's in your food. So it's important to understand these things. Salad dressings too, right? Cheese. I love me some cheese. Cheese can have sodium in it. And then, you know, our meats and seafood. I'm a seafood lover. So I'm in trouble. I love shellfish shrimp. Snow crab, canned tuna, you know, and you might be like, oh my gosh, tuna, that has lots of protein. I should eat that. Yeah, well, canned tuna has a lot of sodium in it too. How, long, why, how else is it able to sit on the shelf for as many years as it says on the container? Okay. So now I'm mentioning these things, be, not because I necessarily believe or I'm telling you to cut these out completely, but definitely, definitely, if you're empowered with the information, you will definitely scale back. So I have taken care of a lot of patients, oh gosh, with high blood pressure and heart failure. Some of the things and conversations I've had with some of my patients, I had a patient who loved a good Whopper. I love Whopper too, but now I buy Whopper Juniors. I needed to compromise and I couldn't give up the Whopper, but I was like, okay, let me do a Whopper Junior. But anyways, he loved going to Burger King, getting a, a Whopper value meal. And I had to talk to him about his diet because he loved it. And he was already in his older years. He's like, I'm not giving up. Mm -mm. no ma'am, no ma'am Pam. And so I said, okay, well, let's negotiate. Instead of going four days a week, can we cut that down to two days a week? Maybe on some of those days you buy a Whopper Junior instead, or you buy the Whopper, but you ask them to not put sauces on it and that you take control of the uh, sauces that you put on your burger. Maybe you don't ask for cheese on it. So you can see, 
how we were taking something that is probably overwhelmingly full of sodium, but altering it so it was healthier, okay? Because there was no way I was going to get this man to stop eating Whoppers. Just wasn't going to do it. But cut the cheeses, cut the sauces, maybe even cut down the size of the burger sometimes. Hey, he can still have somewhat of a quality of life and still enjoy the foods that he wants. And those are the type of conversations that I have with people because it would be totally ridiculous for me to buy, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. Because when you go home, you might do it for a good week, two weeks, maybe even a month. But over weeks, over months, over years, that's going to be hard to really do. Now, if you can, more power to you, okay? I want to keep empowering you to do so. But if you're someone who has struggled with this kind of stuff for a long time, we got to start from somewhere and let's just take baby steps, okay? I am just excited that you are willing to make the changes, okay? Because these changes aren't for me. They're not for your provider to make your provider proud of you. It's for you. It's for your health. It's for your family's health so you can be around, stick around for a while, okay? And be healthy while you're doing it. So again, why is this so important? Well, it's important because the salt intake, like we said earlier, can actually trigger some major health issues. And we definitely, definitely want to avoid that. High blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, kidney disease, and even osteoporosis. Those are the things that, you know, you may, ha- you may have those things. And I hope you're managing them well. And I hope you're doing okay. I really do. And many people who have these conditions are on medications, if not multiple medications. Now, I will say this. You can't expect to take a pill to help you with your blood pressure if you're going to continue to eat foods that are high in sodium. They're going to cancel each other out. It's just not going to work that way. And I've talked to many people and they're like, you know what? I want to decrease my medication. I want to hopefully not have to take this. Now, I'm not going to say that's not impossible. It is actually, indeed, it is possible. But some of the ways to get off of those medications include lifestyle changes. And one of those major lifestyle changes is what we eat. So if you're someone who has high blood pressure, use that, for example, cutting out those foods with sodium makes a big difference in your blood pressure. Your heart doesn't have to work as hard. So you're really going to offset some of that chronic illness and disease that will be inevitable if you continue to eat high sodium diets. So some people I've worked with, they've been able to get off of their high blood pressure medications. One by changing what they eat. And that, listen, that takes a lot of mental power and consistency. It's harder than what I say it is like, oh, just change this, this and that. You actually have to do it. You have to fight against your taste buds. You have to fight against patterns. You have to fight against customs. You have to fight against maybe what's even available to you in your neighborhood to get food. So it requires a lot. So I really commend people who make changes in what they eat, because it's not just simply not putting in your mouth, but a whole host of other things that you have to do to be able to do that. So, I mean, hey, change some of what you eat, exercise a little bit more, lose a little bit of weight, manage your stress. Before you know it, you your blood pressure medication could be significantly decreased, if not off of it. And if you can manage that blood pressure, all those other things, the heart disease, the stroke, the kidney disease, the osteoporosis, you have significantly decreased your risk of those things developing. And I'm not just talking to people who are already on medications who already have these things. But for the younger folks, before you get there, you don't even want to get there. But look around, it might be in your family. Your parents might be on these things, but experiencing these things, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma. If someone in your family has these things, you very well could be at risk too. Okay. So babies do not need to be introduced to so much sodium, you know, when they're born. And let me say this, when we're born, 
we're not, we don't really de- have a desire for salty or sweet. Those are acquired tastes. So the more we expose ourselves to these, the more we're going to want them because they set off all the feel-good hormones in our brain. And because of that, we're going to want more. So let's start as early as possible with training our brain, our mouths, our taste buds for things that are healthy for us. Now, some people have asked me, you know, what are some quick and easy things you can do to avoid or cut your salt intake? Well, eat more fresh fruits and eat more fresh foods. So things that aren't living on your shelf for a prolonged period of time, things that can perish are perishable because these things are not typically full of salt and other preservatives, right? So if you're going to get some turkey, don't get the deli turkey that can live in your refrigerator for several weeks. Get the, you know, get the fresh, the fresh turkey that's cut fresh that you got to eat right away. Buy turkey that's not cooked and then cook it yourself so you can control how many, what you're putting in it. But fresh foods, fresh foods tend to have less salt in them. Also choose foods that are low in salt. So this is where we got to read our labels and do some comparison shopping. So look for words, look for ingredients that have the word sodium in it. And it may have a, a word in front of it, but if that last name is sodium, that's salt. That's salt, y'all. Okay, so read the labels, look for foods that are lower in salt. And I'm up for transparency. Sometimes these foods can cost a little bit more. But hey, paying the dollar more for it is way better than having to pay hundreds of dollars or more for your prescription, for your hospitalizations, for those extra days of quality life with your family members, for an extra month or so of not having to be on dialysis. Like I'm being extreme there, but it's facts. It's so facts. Okay. Read those labels, comparison shop, and make the investment in yourself. Also, you might want to try some salt substitutes. So you can use like Miss Dash. That's a potassium chloride. It's not salt in it. So it can make your food flavorful without adding the sodium to it. And listen, I know we have a whole bunch of salts. There's Himalayan salt, there's sea salt. I don't even know what other kinds of salts there are. But at the end of the day, salt is salt. But, 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 if you are going to choose a salt, Himalayan salts, when it goes by ounce by ounce, has a little less, little less sodium, still has sodium, but has a little less sodium than some of other, our traditional salts, just putting that out there. Also, you know, when you're cooking, try to avoid adding salt or salty things to your food. Like remember I said, soy sauce, soy sauce full of sodium. Now you might still need to add some soy sauce to a recipe for that flavor, but maybe there are other things that you can add other herbs or spice blends. Try incorporating lemon juice or vinegar, garlic, black pepper. Hey, that makes a mean salad dressing all those all ingredients all together. But, you know, try other things to spice up your food. Train your taste buds. How Experiment in the kitchen. Have fun. Explore. Like Dora and Explore. Try some different foods and find out what you like. Because listen, I know the hardest thing is to try to eat healthy and then feel like you're eating things that you're like, I don't even like this, but I got to eat this. Don't torture yourself that way. Find foods that you like. Okay, experiment a little bit. Now, will you completely cut out the sodium in some of your favorite foods? Maybe not, but if you can decrease it, hey, virtual high five, we on the same page. That over days, over weeks, over months, over years can make a big difference in your health and well-being. It truly, truly can. And that's, you know, I think that's one of the most important things. And that's actually the end goal of all these things. You know, FDA has stepped in, government needed to step in to say, hey, Food industry, restaurant industry, y'all fall in line. 
We got too much heart disease, too many preventable conditions happening. And although healthcare providers can educate, we're spending a lot of money in healthcare trying to correct these things and fix these things. We're being reactionary. So let's get on the proactive side and make healthier foods available to our public so we're not having these problems. Again, it's going to take a village for things like this to happen. I'm glad to see that the FDA has stepped in to do it. And again, we're going to be tackling some of our favorite commonly eaten foods. And while the FDA has stepped in to kind of regulate some of these industries, you know, they're going to push back, y'all. You know, they they want you to eat their food. And again, if when we eat salt, our body's like, ooh, yummy, I love it. We're going to want more and we're going to continue to buy. But not at the expense of our health, not on my watch, not on your watch. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. I'm looking forward to these changes. We'll keep you abreast on what happens. But at the end of the day, you are the consumer. There is power behind your money. There is power in your health. And I really want you to make informed decisions so you can live happier and healthier lives, guys. Okay. I'm Nurse Alice. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I love to talk to people before they become my patients because once you are in my ER, my ICU, boo-boo, we are having a whole nother conversation, okay? And again, I really do this because I enjoy talking to you guys. I'm really, again, you know my backstory. I told you about my dad. And just, I have other stories that have inspired me to want to have conversations like this and to empower you guys. So if I've only helped one person today, I am so glad. Let me know, reach out to me. You can follow me on social media at Ask Nurse Alice. And as well, please make sure to share this podcast with someone that you know, okay? We all can benefit from information like this. And don't be afraid to subscribe, like, rate, review, all of those things. Your feedback is really important to me. I love to hear from you. Want to know what you want to talk about. And guys, I'm Nurse Alice. So until next time, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources. 